You are listening to Prodigal's Morning Podcast. Today we are going to talk about a doctrine that we've heard from uh, a neighboring church that we haven't exactly been able to put our fingers on as far as um, what do you call it. It's um it's one of these one of these doctrines that um, that is biblically aberrant. That's not biblically correct um, on its face. It's not biblically correct. Um, I haven't exactly had the opportunity to interview um, people who believe this, but um, I am interested in seeing you know what their reasoning is for this, but. I'll briefly explain the doctrine, and today we're going to dispel this and see why it's not true. And you may be believing this doctrine and not really understand that, well, it's not biblical. Um, You may be one of those that believes this. Maybe your church believes this, and you may not understand that how unbiblical it actually is. Um, We're getting upon Halloween, and it kind of touches on Halloween a little bit with ghosts, if you want to think of it that way. But... Um, basically the doctrine says this, and, um, if you are very well read in church history and in, in, um, particular heresies, um, you're probably going to say that this is very similar to Gnosticism or Docetism. Um, Docetism is defined as the doctrine that Christ's body was not human, but rather was a phantom or it was more of a spiritual resurrection. So the doctrine that, that we've heard recently from other churches, it wasn't that. They didn't really clarify whether they believed that Jesus was just spiritually resurrected. Um, obviously, that's a heresy. That's that's completely unbiblical. Jesus bodily resurrected. But what the there's a neighboring church that believes that that there will be no human bodily resurrection, that we're all just going to be spiritually resurrected resurrected. So here's how it works. Or here's how um, the doctrine goes. The doctrine goes that, well, Jesus, or that, that people, when they die, they, they remain on the earth, that they're only spiritual beings. They're only spiritual beings. They're not going to be bodily resurrected. Um, and that there is no heaven, that heaven is earth right now. Those are the two big concerns. Those are the two big ideas present in this and this is why i'm not going ahead and outright calling it you know um you know a primary level heresy because i just don't know number one what's the reasoning behind it number two um it's not saying anything about jesus himself um it could just be one of those eschatological beliefs that are not exactly correct um so basically, the the other church or the other some other believers at another church believe that again that when we die we will remain on the earth in spirit form, and that there will be no bodily resurrection. We will not get a new body, and that there is no heaven. That that this is heaven right now. I really want to interview um, the adherents of these of this belief and really get to the bottom of why they believe this. Um, because, I mean, this is this is very important stuff. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I have no idea what they have, you know, seen from, from the Bible, biblically, what they've been taught in church, or why they have an idea that this is the case, that we are not bodily resurrected, that we're only spiritually resurrected, that there's not really an actual heaven 
and stuff like that. But I think that this is a situation where we have to be really careful that we're not taking things that are that Christians in general or believers don't take things that are extra biblical traditions, um, you know, like ghosts or something like that, and trying to kind of fit it in with the Bible, or that they don't that we aren't saying, oh, well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that our bodies would be remade and that we'll have physical bodies again. That doesn't seem very likely. So using our reasoning and saying that it doesn't seem very likely and then and then using our flawed logic to say, okay, that can't be what the Bible meant. Um, and I'm going to read really quickly uh, Job 19, 25 through 27. Um, and it says, For I know that my Redeemer lives... And at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. So, Job here is saying that, look, I know my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. If we go down to Romans 8 and 22, Romans 8 and 22 um, particularly um, our Romans eight twenty two through twenty four, um, at the end of it basically says this: We groan, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Wait a minute, why is it that Paul here writes that? Our bodies will be redeemed. Not just our spirits, but our bodies will be redeemed. Um, that's an interesting note that if our bodies are not going to be remade, if our bodies are not going to be resurrected, then why is it, why is it that Paul writes about our bodies? Well, keep, keep Job in mind that Jesus will reign upon the earth at the last, right? And keep in mind what Paul says, we're awaiting our redemption of our bodies. <laughs> in Philippians, in Philippians 3 and 20, Philippians 3 and 20 uh, through 21 um, says this, But our citizenship is in heaven and we await, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. That right there is one of the many things that's kind of the nail in the coffin for this doctrine that we will not have a bodily resurrection. Um, I think a lot of it comes from a, th this belief, a lot of it comes from a poor hermeneutic that basically um, we read scripture, the poor hermeneutic, and it's popular in a lot of churches around here that, that we that we have the license to read the Bible as figurative when it's not meant to be figurative in a lot of places. Um, now, there are elements of Scripture that are meant to be figurative, and normally the Scripture itself tells you what is meant to be figurative. A good example of this is in the Gospels when Jesus gives a parable. The writer literally says, and this he told them a parable. Um, so oftentimes in Scripture, the Scripture itself tells you what's meant to be figurative and what's not. Um, we favor a natural reading of scripture, which basically means that um, unless the context otherwise dictates that it is 
meant to be more metaphorical and more figurative, you read it as literal. Um, so, um, Philippians three twenty through twenty one is kind of the nail in the coffin for this this idea that we're going to be ghosts walking upon the earth. I know it's I know it's getting close to Halloween, but um, no, we don't really believe that ghosts are a thing walking the earth or floating on the earth either, um, biblically. And we can that can be a whole other podcast. Um, if you are a believer in ghosts, um, sorry, my aunt, um, my aunt once was, um, we were at, at my church doing something and, um, she, we were talking about ghosts and all this and she told me, uh, she said, Wes, don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me about ghosts. And, um, I said, well, well, relax. I don't think ghosts are biblical. I don't think. And she said, oh, and, and I said, it's probably a demon. And that freaked her out even more. So, um, so we can get into that podcast later. But back to the topic that remains, we can have assurance that we are going to have a bodily resurrection. We are. And in one sense, even the unsaved are going to be resurrected in a sense. Um, in a sense, the unsaved are going to be resurrected in a sense to stand judgment before God. Um, but I want you to keep this in mind that and I'm not sure what the motive is for teaching that we are not going to have a bodily resurrection. We're just going to be spiritual beings. But Philippians 3.20-21 20 assures us that our lowly bodies are going to be transformed to be like his glorious body. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.51-52 is similar because it talks about the transformation of our bodies, Right? Because it says, First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty one through fifty two says, "Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed." So, what does that mean? What does that mean if it if not that? We're going to have a transformed body. What does that mean? Well, really, truly, it's quite evident that we're going to believe in a resurrected body. Or that we're going to have a resurrected body. Um, Romans 6, 3 through 5 is interesting. Remember that passage in Job that I told you about that, you know, that Christ is going to reign at the last. You know, he's going to have a physical body and all this. Uh, and, and scriptures are pleased with it. We're not... You know, we're not trying to give you an exhaustive list of scripture that proves our point here, but scripture is replete that Jesus is going to reign upon the earth with, um, he's going to reign with a physical body, right? So Romans 6, 3 through 5 is very interesting to this point, is very interesting to this point because it says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So think about this. Paul is very clearly saying that if we have died like him, and, and by baptism we take part in his death, we're going to be resurrected like him. So this is why I'm very concerned about the neighboring churches who believe that we're only going to be spiritual beings. Because I want to ask, do they believe that about Christ as well? 
And it, if so, that's a big problem. I do think that you could, you know, I think that you could say we too might walk in newness of life, that being, you know, salvation after we're saved. I think you could argue that, but I do not think that you could argue anything but that we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his, meaning that we will have a bodily resurrection. I don't think that that could mean anything else. So what is interesting here is that let's let let's let's talk about when Jesus did resurrect. You know, he died on the cross, you know, he died on the cross, he resurrected three days later. Um and then he appeared to his disciples over the course of 40 days um, prior to the ascension. And notice something. I want you to notice something. This is where we get into the details of Scripture. Um, you know, those details you think that are not very important are very important uh, after all. Um, where you see here in Romans 6, 3 through 5 that... Um, if we've been united with him in a death like his, we'll certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Look at the resurrection that Jesus had. When you say that we're only going to be phantoms, we're only going to be, you know, spirits, you know, not physically resurrected, are you trying to insinuate that that Jesus was also only spiritually resurrected? That's a big problem. That's a big problem because Jesus was bodily resurrected. Jesus was bodily resurrected, and here's how we know. Um, John 20 and 27 says this, And then he, Jesus, said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put, it out, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. If Jesus were a phantom, if Jesus were merely a spirit, why would he be telling Thomas to actually touch him? If Thomas is physical... He couldn't touch a spirit. Why would he be telling G or Thomas to touch him? Um, but it's even more than that. Jesus ate after he resurrected. Jesus didn't walk through walls. He didn't do any of that. He physically opened doors. He he was he was a physical being. He was a physical being after his resurrection. So <clears throat> it seems pretty clear and evident to me that. Seems pretty evident to me, at the very least, that um, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we'll certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his, which basically means because Jesus physically, because Jesus physically was resurrected, and it's quite evident that he was, it's quite evident that he was physically resurrected. Again, um, <clears throat> scriptures replete with it. Um, I mean, Thomas touched him. That's the nail in the coffin there. But <clears throat> it's quite evident to me that Jesus physically, Jesus physically was resurrected. Therefore, we will also be physically resurrected according to Re Romans 6, 3 through 5. Now, if you are one who believes that if you're one that believes that, well, no, we're only going to have a spiritual resurrection. I genuinely want to know, how do you reconcile that with the scripture we pulled up? How do you reconcile all that? Um, I want you to take a look at... Um, I want you to take a look at another scripture, John 14, 19. 
where Jesus promises this, because I live, you also will live. So again, Jesus is kind of comparing how our bodily resur or our resurrection is going to be like his. And this is more of a subtle thing. Um, but he's making the connection that they're, they're alike. Can you really say that Jesus bodily resurrected, but we won't? Can you really say that Jesus was nothing but a spiritual resurrection? If Jesus were just a spiritual resurrection, the Christianity would never have become a thing. Why? Because they would have said, okay, the, the, the Jews would have gone and reproduced the body and said, see, you're, you're foolish. But the reason we believe in Christianity is because the tomb was empty. Jesus' physical body rose again. Jesus' physical body came back to life. It wasn't just a spiritual phantom-like resurrection. It was a real resurrection. And you can have confidence in this that you're not just going to be a spirit being. You're going to be a physical, you're going to be physically resurrected. So now we get into this matter of where is heaven and what is heaven. You're gonna, we're going to get in this matter of what is heaven. So wait a minute. Um, are we kind of in like a soul sleep until um, we go to, until, you know, Jesus comes back? And we can get into that later. That's an eschatological thing. Eschatological or eschatology basically means the study of the last things. But I want to refer to some scriptures about heaven. I want to refer to some scriptures about heaven here to see, well, is heaven going to just be on earth? Is it, is it going to be, is, is heaven on earth like right now is my, is my point. Is heaven on earth right now? Um, well, let me just go to the logical real fast. If this is heaven, um, heaven is not like Jesus described it. Um, because Jesus and the apostles, etc., described it a lot differently than, um, than, than this. And also, I was looking at this earlier in Second uh, Kings two eleven when it talks about Elijah going up into heaven. It says, "And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven." And that sounds a whole lot like he was taken up off of the earth and taken into the sky. Also, his whole body, you know, just kind of talking about what we were talking about just a couple minutes ago. Um, it didn't say his spirit, didn't talk about him dying. His whole body was taken up into heaven. Um, so, I want you to look at a few of these scriptures. John 14 and 2. You know, Jesus says this, In my Father's house are many rooms. And I know different versions translate this differently. Let me pause there. Certain versions translate it as many mansions. Um... There is no contradiction here. We can get into that later, Bible translation. But in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? If heaven is currently on earth, why was he going anywhere? Why wouldn't he have just remained? Um, and of course, this is very clearly, you know, um, this is, you know, an extended metaphor where Jesus is talking about, look, I'm going to graft you on. I'm going to build you on into my father's house. Um, a room in the father's house is like a mansion. 
Colossians 3, 2 compares heaven to like set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. So there it's drawing a, a contrast between earth and heaven. Um, Revelation 21 is also important because it very clearly shows a distinction between earth and heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Why is it talking about these two things as different things if they're the same? And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more for the former things that passed away. So to me, that sounds like when they're, when it's talking about, you know, when it says that the dwelling place of God is with man, it seems like it's very, you know, now and before the end times is very, it is separated because we've got heaven and we've got earth. We've got heaven where God is and where the new Jerusalem was seen coming down from heaven, you know, and then we've got the earth and that is becoming together in the end times. That was a very yeah. eloquent way for me to say that, becoming together. You did good. <laughs> to be clear, you know, and we can get into this later, it's, um, there is a, um, you know, we can get into this, this perspective later, but that scripture in Revelation seems to paint the end times as New Jerusalem coming down, like there being a he heaven in a sense, um, earth being remade, in other words, as, as a heaven. And we'll get into that later. There's no, whether you believe that, you know, that's all figurative language or literal, there's no heresy there. There's no heresy there whether you believe that, you know, the earth will become a literal heaven. The, the problem is believing that earth right now is a heaven or is heaven. That, that's the issue because they're, di they're different things. Um, for example, Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Um, what if we said this in Ecclesiastes 3.1? It says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. Well, what is it? If, if heaven is earth, is it talking about hell? There's a time for every matter under you know, under heaven, which is hell. Um, that doesn't make sense. Um, oh, wait. What about Matthew 6, 19 through 20, where Jesus is saying, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up your treasures in where? In, in earth? No, it says in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. And we can go on and on about this. We can go on and on about this. Um, we can, you know, discuss how um, how this is not heaven because if this earth were heaven, if this earth were heaven, so someone's wrong here. Someone's wrong here, and I don't believe that the apostles, nor do I believe that Jesus, were wrong about heaven. I don't. I don't believe that. So when you consider heaven as earth, 
right now. When you consider heaven as earth right now, um, if you were to consider that 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 this earth is heaven, I think we err greatly to to believe that. I think we err greatly to believe that because heaven, as promised and described in Revelation, other scriptures, is as something completely different than earth. You know, streets of gold, and you know, uh, where do you see a street of gold? Um, 2 Corinthians 5.1 is also interesting here. It says, For we know if the tent that our, is our earthly home is destroyed, that's our body, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So there's very clearly a connection here that Paul is drawing between the heavens, which is the sky, and actual heaven, the, you know, the home of God. But also, it seems that he's that Paul doesn't believe that earth is heaven. And that's interesting. When we go against church tradition, and I'm not saying you can never go against church tradition, because some church traditions have been wrong. But I am saying that there is no new heresy under the sun. There is none. Um, my point here being is that these matters have been settled for thousands of years, and they'll continue being rehashed. In 1 Corinthians, Paul deals with this issue of a spiritual versus a bodily resurrection. He deals with it, and apparently we're still dealing with it today. These these heresies are old. Um, these matters have been settled. The apologetics have been um, have been created, and the defenses have been made for thousands of years, and they'll continue being made, I'm sure, because I find that the devil doesn't have any new tricks. He just keeps throwing the same things at the wall to see what sticks. And unfortunately, some things like this stick. Um, <clears throat> so I want you to take comfort in a couple of things if you take nothing else away from today's podcast. Number one, our physical bodies are going to be re resurrected. Now, what about the people who have been like cremated? Or what about the people who have thought their bodies have been obliterated? Or what about the people who have been dead for so long there's nothing left of them? Well, I see no reason to believe that if God, who created everything out of nothing, I see no reason to believe that God, who created everything out of nothing, could not recreate your body. I see no reason to believe that, that he could not do that. God absolutely will recreate your body. If your body turns nothing but dust, I believe that God can recreate your body. He made it from dust in the beginning. And the Bible says... Uh, that dust you are and to dust you will return it seems that God anticipates this that that we're all going to return to dust one day that our bodies are anyway um, I believe that he'll remake our bodies out of dust just like Adam um, a neogenesis if you will or a new genesis a new beginning um, but even furthermore even furthermore you know you may wonder well where where is heaven? Where where is heaven? Well, um, Paul likens it to the clouds and the sky. Um, I don't believe that heaven is somewhere we can you know access with like a rocket ship or something, um, because there is a great chasm. There's a great chasm that is fixed between heaven and hell. Um, I don't believe that you can go to either place without a death. I don't believe that. I don't believe that we can physically get there. Not right now, anyway. 
because it takes the Lord himself to transport us from that one location to the next. You didn't birth yourself. You didn't create yourself. I see no reason to believe that you couldn't. I see no reason to believe that you could just, that we could get in a rocket ship and go to heaven, you know, that way. Um, I see no reason to believe that, you know, that's possible. Uh, just like the Tower of Babel, if you remember that's where, or Babel, however you want to say it, um, they believed that they could build a tower to heaven. And now that, that wouldn't work, but that's what they believed. So I want you to take comfort in a couple things. Number one, no matter what your physical body is going through, you're going to be remade, and you're going to be remade in the likeness of Jesus' glorified body. His body was remade, or his body was perfect. His body was perfect. It was resurrected, glorified. It was resurrected, glorified. I believe that our bodies will be resurrected, glorified like him. We will have a resurrection like he was resurrected. But another thing. This is not heaven, and I don't think I need to convince anybody of that. Um, because the pains of this life, the pains of this life, the evil that exists in this world, this could not be heaven. I might believe it if someone, or I might be closer to believing someone if someone said this is hell, but that's also wrong. Because as bad as this life can be and as bad as this planet is, because it groans under sin and corruption, it is nothing compared to hell. It is nothing compared to how bad hell is. And it's nothing compared to how good heaven is. Uh, I don't remember who exactly said it. But basically the idea is this. That this earth is the only heaven that the unbeliever will ever enjoy. And this world is the only hell that the believer will ever have to endure. We hope you have a great day. I want you to consider these things. Next time... Um, I'm not sure what we'll talk about exactly, but we hope that you tune in. We hope that you get something from this. We go um, between apologetic topics. We go between theological topics, scriptural topics. Um, our goal here is really to talk about a little bit of everything. So we hope that you tune in uh, next time. We hope that you enjoyed. Have a great day, and God bless.